It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Turnbuckles. I'm John Ryman, and despite being a huge Stephen King fan and an even bigger Leslie Nielsen fan and a giant Ted Danson fan, I have never, ever seen the film Creepshow. I'm Tommy Rico, and I have seen the movie Creepshow, along with a thousand other films, because I am a huge cinema snob who has inexplicably never seen Orson Welles' Citizen Kane. I'm Julie Harrison Harney, and even though I live in New York City, I have never been to the top of the Empire State Building. Ah. Yeah. Wow. Well, for the first time since we've been doing this podcast, I did not see last night's Monday Night Raw. It was my personal John Cena. So we're going to do things a little differently as we start the Raw Recap. Raw Recap. Okay, so as I said, I, I've heard bits and pieces about Raw. I saw people trending, and I usually catch up on it the next day. And then today was one of those days where I was like, enough has happened that I'm like, I can't go into this fresh. So it's too late. I missed my window. I've heard too much I've heard too much uh, hearsay and scuttlebutt. So here's what I'm going to do, and mm-hmm. hopefully this is okay with you guys. We're going to go through Raw, and we're going to touch some points, and I'm going to try to guess what happened. And if I'm right, describe how I think it might have happened. And let's see how close we can get. Because I did guess one last night correctly. And okay. we'll, we'll get to it. Here's well, John, what I John, before, before we dive in, I just want to say on our, on our run sheet, which John puts together every week for us, the raw recap looks like, uh, like a wrestling internet outlet six hours before raw airs. That's what it looks like right now. <laughs> Okay, here's my first thing. Either Bailey or Finn Balor gave an awkward promo that they either didn't totally nail or it didn't service their character that well. Did that happen? Uh, kind of no. Really? I was just going to say. In fact, Bailey actually had she it was because good? it was a it, Bailey actually had because it was a pre-produced segment that was backstage, a pretty good backstage promo that ended in an attack. Uh, and I liked the detail that, so she uh, attacked Candice LeRae along with uh, damage control and they knocked the camera down. So you just heard the attack, which oh, I always think, awesome. I always think that's more effective because it leaves it up to the imagination. I actually awesome. liked that. And the only thing that, uh, that Finn Balor did that, that made me chuckle was uh, <laughs> Finn is extremely Irish and I had never heard him say the word oi before. And he let one loose, <laughs> but, but he wasn't the problem with, uh, with the judgment day promo. So yeah, th- those were actually both kind of no. Then my apologies to Bailey and, uh, to Finn Balor, my, my deepest apologies, but I'm just saying that because see, this taps into what I kind of sense was going on. Cause I saw a bunch of like people now, of course it's Twitter, you know, we're this close to, uh, what is his name? Marvin, the Martian from his little uh, electric car company taken over Twitter. That's what his oh, name is. Oh, Elon right? Musk. <laughs> oh, that's his real name? I'm sorry. I thought that was his... I thought that was... That sound... Doesn't that... Elon Musk, doesn't that sound like a Vince name for someone it, in the oh, in retribution? it does. <clears throat> it does. Musk. Musk sounds like a retribution guy. And then when they break up retribution, God damn, we gotta have a character. What if he makes statues? Elon Musk. Doesn't Elon Musk sound like a Vince name? If, if you does, Elon Musk, John, do you, you, do you remember what my, uh, what my son thought Elon Musk looked like? No. So in the, in the old video game, Double Dragon, my son, have, <laughs> yeah. uh, my son and I have a bunch of like vintage video games. So we were playing Double Dragon and there's a character named Abobo 
who was just a giant muscular guy with a gigantic head. And he said, oh, no, it's Elon Musk. (laughs) Never seen Elon Musk before. Has no real idea what he what he is or does. But that's what he thought an Elon Musk was, was a Bobo from Double Dragon. I read on like from the Twitter people, uh, the The Internet wrestling community, as it were, that they were all trashing Bailey. So what happened? Why did something happen with Bailey that wasn't great? Because it sounds like she did. Like, I love everything I just heard. What, What happened? The problem is that. Bailey and damage control are way overexposed and they're mm. failing in plain sight every week. And it's well, one of those things where they could, they could limit them to once a week until things start yeah. picking up for them. And it just, it seems like the more exposure they get, the more they just don't look like a very good stable. Well, I think it comes back to what you said is that maybe they're not at that point to be on both shows because, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because you know, if you go back 20 plus years, it would have to be 20 plus years. It would have to be like, you know, because we're on the, I think the 20th anniversary of brand, brand split, right? I think yeah. where it's like, so. It's if you, been it, 20 years. Yep. Well, they, they go, they waffle on it. But in theory, it's been, it's fan. Shout out, Steve. I know you're listening. Uh, he loves wrestling. Um, does he really? Fuck no. Uh, but, <laughs> but Kevin does. So maybe he's listening. Hey, Kev. And say hi to Harlan for me. But I will say that um, I think that. It's, we're in such a different time that like it used to be time. Remember, it was like you needed to see like those you needed raw, you needed SmackDown, you needed the follow up from one to the next. Mm. And I do feel like mentally we've all reached this point where there's so much content to consume in general that when I see people showing up on both shows, it does feel like they're on TV every night of the week. But there is a difference between like if the Uso brothers weren't one of the greatest tag teams in the history of tag team wrestling, which I believe they are. And really? If they, Wait, they, if they really? sucked, oh yeah, absolutely. They are pretty good. With the run they've had, first of all, their ring work is always great. Yep. And then the interplay they've had with Roman and Sammy, I think they're a fascinating tag team. I know the brothers have certainly had their personal issues over the years, but it seems like things have gotten quiet on that front, which I'm happy for because as far Sammy as their drive. work, excellent. They got Sammy driving them. Well, and they've been, <laughs> they've been good for a I long could see time. Sport. You know, I appreciate WWE not making that part of the real life, you know, not bringing the real life stuff into an angle, which is never, never works out. And uh, but Sammy totally would be their driver. Like Sammy would be the guys. I got the wheels. He would totally be that guy. So I applaud WWE for for not going down that uh, that row. And, and, you know, like you said, Tom, they're cooking. Things are going great. Yeah. And well, uh, I guess I'm just surprised because best tag team in like are we talking recent history or ever because there have been some amazing tag teams i don't mind it but i don't mind it they're an amazing tag team but yeah tom do you think it's time to pull the trigger on saying ever for the usos best ever i I mean they're good i give you credit especially current you You said one of the best ever you have to remember yeah no they're not the greatest tag team ever but you have to remember the greatest tag teams of all time all had much shorter runs than the usos have had i mean when you think about the best talk about like the heart foundation the heart Mm -hmm. foundation were great but all of a sudden, Bret Hart was clearly the single star, and he had to split off from that. So you get about a four or five year run out of great tag teams. And granted, some some will go back to tag wrestling. Sometimes the tag team partner will become just like a you know the the heater and become their you know their buddy or their their manager. But for the most part, good tag teams eventually, especially in the the Vince McMahon era, would split off because he mm. would see a single star from one of them and then have to break them up. Well, but Julie, the you know this. as far Vince, as their longevity have been great. One of the first things you learn, well, the second things you learn, the first things you learn as I've gone over from Bruce are, uh, you know, don't bring up, uh, don't bring up uh, Vince's life beyond wrestling and uh, push your chair in at the end. Sure. And, uh, you know, not to, I, I know y'all know not to sneeze, you know, even though it's just me, but y'all. And then uh, the second time around, you learn because Vince wouldn't, he never would come out and say this, evidently. Uh, was that uh, you're not going to get you're not going to get places pitching uh, tag team wrestling to Vince McMahon. Huh. He was not a, he was not a big tag team guy. And I was in a meeting once where he explained the business sense of it. Why? And he broke down. Singles just sell more merch over time, mm-hmm. whereas tag teams. His thing is, I got to pay two of them. They got to get along for the whole time. Mm-hmm. They have to work out. It's so hard for one person, for one guy or girl or person to stay over for that amount of time. Mm-hmm. And 
it's just a crazy investment. He was like, it's just a lot of work. Someone said, I think Paul, it might've been Paul Heyman said something along the lines of building a house on a cliff. That was his analogy of it. It was like, just your, how long is it going to stay up there? And he had a similar philosophy because there wasn't a whole ton because uh, they had the, the gangsters, right? That was the ECW tag team, Tom. I think it was public enemy, maybe public enemy was there too, but also yeah. they had a few, but not a ton. It was, a, it was a lot of like storytelling character to character. And so yeah, that was I mean, a big, their, their biggest tag team of all time was the Dudleys. And then the Dudleys hopped over to, but even WWF. that became a stable. That wasn't yeah. really, a t- that was an interchangeable stable where if one guy walked, it was like, all right, we still got five more. Oh, and, and Spike was there too. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about so even in WWE for a bit, it was like, you could see, but that again, the fact that when Vince hired Spike, I remember I was in college and everyone was like, holy crap, Vince hired Spike Dudley. But now I look at it, I'm like, we know why. There's probably, he was just got mad at one of the Dudleys one day. It's like, God damn, is there, there's another Dudley. Bring him in. So Tom, Tom, where would the Usos fall of greatest of all time in your list? All of WWE, WWF. Oh man. So I would put them top five because of the longevity and because of the superior work that they put on. Like, I can't think of a bad Uso match. I mean, they they put on great matches every single week and they're entertaining outside the ring. Again, when we look back, because when when we look back nostalgically at old WWF, especially, those tag teams, some of the best tag teams, like the British Bulldogs, how long were they together? Not very long. I mean, eventually it was, you know, Davy Boy Smith became the British Bulldog and Dynamite Kid was gone. And then you look at, uh, so I, I mean, you have to put the Road Warriors there, the sure. Legion of Doom in WWF. I mean, um, aren't they the greatest of all time? Is there anyone, you think someone's in the same league as the, as the Road Warriors? So the Road Warriors were, they were a phenomenon. Because yeah. they were just huge Whoa. and jacked and they did all those power moves and they were, you know, they, they had the face paint and the, the shoulder pads. But when I look back at old Road Warrior Legion of Doom matches, they're just OK. They were oh. just two strong Whoa, guys dude. who would throw around <laughs> the other team. I'm not going on our TikTok this week. That, I, <laughs> I'm honestly, You know whose work holds up very well? Like if I go back and look at like Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. But again. They well, worked yeah. together for all that long. You know, they, these tag teams were together for a short period of time. And you look like you look at a team like the Usos who were together for a decade. Uh, I think the Usos have put together great work. Tom, where uh, would you rank demolition? Oh, again, is it, is it what nostal- nostalgically? I loved demolition. But when I go back and look at the matches, I mean, there were both veteran performers uh, who were very capable in the ring, but unspectacular. But the whole package of demolition was what what sold the team. Awesome. They were scary looking. It. Yeah, they yeah. were very into, and they were two gigantic guys, two huge guys. Uh, but then again, that was a that Road, was a program Road Warriors we never got. came in and buried them. Yeah, Road, the Road was, Warriors came in and, and killed them. It was a combination um, of uh, Axe having to take some time off due to heart issues, and then they got the Road Warriors and Vince. But and you know we know his attitude on tag teams. It's just like well, I already got one. But like that could have been such a great storyline, the whole demolition Legion of Doom thing. Um, Road Warriors versus the Usos, who wins? That's a good match. The Road Warriors would demand that they want. The Road Warriors were very difficult to work. No, it is. It's good. I I like that match because one thing that Paul and Vince always emphasized was matches with big brawny guys want to chase, and with agile guys that can move around. That's the best kind of match you can have. And so yeah. that to me is more intriguing than just look at, look at us both. See, this is why I like this whole thing with uh, Braun Strowman and Omas. I'm just like, oh boy. That look like, let me tell you something. I sprained my ankle thinking about that. <laughs> I'm like, I was just in my head trying to figure out the logistics of the producers booking that match. And I hurt my foot. <laughs> so it's just, and then I saw that clip of Braun taking that bump and I was like, oh, man, it was just like slow motion, like a kid down a like a sledding hill, you know, off a ledge. Where I was like, hey, you know, especially live and everything. And it was just like, oh, but um, yeah, I don't know. But like, so what I think of the, the, the like, maybe that's why demolition. We never got demolition, but like a match between the Usos and 
Road Warriors. That'd be a hot match because it it's would. like you got you got two teams with different styles, but also four guys that can also work different styles. You can always have a big guy in there with the little guy helping each other look great. This isn't one of my all time best tag. And when teams, I say but- little, by the way, they're all very big. <laughs> Yeah, no, people. I was going to say the Usos look small compared to Roman Reigns. Uh, they're not small guys. <laughs> they're they're too large. Ag- they, they work small, though. They work agile. And, and oh, then super. whereas Road Warriors are big and bulky and take up some space. One of my favorite tag teams, I think they were in the Heenan family. Uh, it didn't stay together for long, uh, but I loved. And this is the Usos dad, Rikishi, when he wrestled as Fatu and he was super young. He wrestled in a tag team with Haku called the Islanders. Oh my and God. They were I forgot great. That. And it, for whatever reason, it didn't stick. I don't think so. I think Fatu may have left the company. Something happened, but at any rate, they were one of my favorite tag teams and they were just, they were the perfect compliment. And Fatu again, had to be super young. I watched the Islanders wrestle at the old Boston garden and man, he had heat. Oh my goodness. People hated him. Because he was just loud and he had a big smile on his face. And he was telling the crowd to kiss his ass. And they, they, it was great. Also, also it, all, was, it was the 80s at the Boston Garden. Oh, and my they, God. They did not have red hair and they weren't named Sully. <laughs> but it was just honest here. But well, go look. At our, I guess we could go watch an Islanders Road Warriors match. That's probably mm. out there, right? I don't think the so I think really? the Warriors came oh, into the company right. later. They were, they were AWA, and yeah. then which, and then which by it. the way, that explains what happened to Demolition. And then NWA when, when yeah. Vince bought the Road Warriors when he brought them to New York, then made Stanford. them the Legion of Doom because the, the he couldn't get the copyright. Stanford's um, not New York. They be, well, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm just going to come out and say what no one wants to say. Okay, when he brought them and to you know Stanford, something? Connecticut nowadays, not a bad thing. <laughs> There's a lot of people in New York who are like, hmm, Stanford. So yeah, I know it's commute. not in New York because I would take a subway to a train, get on an Uber to get to Stanford. How did you do that, by the way, Julie? I always wondered about that. Were you just like, did you just, was it like at a point where you just got so tired? You were just like, oh my God, what do I do? Like, I, well, just, we I just ended up to- staying so late every single night because meetings went so long that WWE paid for an uber home oh, from wow. work to so it really wasn't that bad the morning commute wasn't terrible uh and you would stay super late and it would be like two or three in the morning when i got home uh, you know what happened to me was they said they said right hey we're getting you a car i said oh great and then i get in it and then uh the undertaker slid the thing and said buckle up johnny and then he drove me all the way to new hampshire it was like oh great thanks man so and then he I was like you have all my stuff and he went ah oh, fuck we had to go back the next day. Um, but anyway, um, okay. So speaking of factions, I'm going to make another prediction. The Judgment Day got away with some nonsense because of Rhea Ripley. Did Rhea get involved and help them get away with nonsense? She did. She <laughs> finally, she <laughs> finally did a big move, right? That is correct. Uh, so Rhea Ripley was very involved in the match, including yeah. on the outside of the ring. Body slamming Luke Gallows. Shut that was, up. It was unbelievable. Shut up. It Luke was Gallows, unbelievable. Is he was like that? six foot seven, six foot it, eight, and about 330 or 40 pounds. Picked him up like he was nothing. Held him and it slammed was unbelievable. him. I saw the, the meme of Anderson with the ice on his balls. Yes. Still going with balls. Um, Going to make those t shirts sell one way or the other. Miz must be mouthing off. Got to put that storyline on somebody else now. I do not have cold balls. My balls are very hot. Hashtag hot balls. I feel like only you guys could maybe answer this question. If you get kicked in the balls, do you think you can't get out of a pin? Well, first of all, legit- for many men can answer this question. I know that Tom and I have made the claim. That we're the only <laughs> ones that can feel it. But can we kick out? Yeah. Can you kick out when you've been kicked in the balls? Because that's that's how the finish happened. I would, right? not, know, Tommy? I, I would not know I'm yeah. still in a wrestling match, to be quite yes. honest with you. So, no, I, I will say no. that. OK, it's legit. Have, there would be having no winning. been in a few scuffles where where there has been that type of damage inflicted. I tell you, it's all about the angle. I mean, you can get flicked in the balls and you can go down for like six weeks. It's true. Or it's you true. can get kicked as hard as someone can kick you. And if they don't get the right angle, it's, yep. it's just a kick. So, gotta, but yeah, that, that was a, uh, a, so a it's classic. True. Oh, so it's true. It's true. Logic you, stands. Logic so, stands. Moving on. 
Baron Corbin was in a uh, crossover segment. Did that happen? Uh, he was. He, ah, yeah. knew it. Yeah. Was it? Was it at least? Please tell me it's the nine o'clock. Hmm. Oh, no, they wouldn't have done that. I think it was. I, wasn't it ten a.m. Tommy, wasn't it the 10 a.m. Okay, process? 10's probably Am I better, crazy? Actually. Yeah, I'm not 10 a.m. Sorry, I said 10 a.m. I meant 10 p.m. Well, if, if, if it was on at 10 a.m., that would have been far better because I <laughs> yeah. wouldn't have had to watch it. It, was, uh, it was a crossover segment with Gargano. Oh, and I like that. No, but not the way they did it. It was so Gargano, who is already involved in a thing with Miz and Dexter Loomis earlier in the program. And Gargano, oh, no. I don't know what they're, they're doing. They're bringing other him. people into that. I, I don't know how they're making a likable character like Johnny Gargano, this weird, like, trolly, annoying guy. Oh, I think he they've call, already ruined him. Did he call JBL MC Hammer? I saw yeah, that. Yeah, around. he made fun of his big old baggy <laughs> Trump pants. And uh, That's funny. I don't understand why someone who can afford a tailor would wear pants like that. But, uh, but then he fixed him, rate, right, by the time he got out to the ring? Because I saw the before and after. Did he change his pants? Was that part of the storyline? <laughs> I, I don't know that he could. He's wearing the same... Because I, I saw the he had an extra pair in the ring. Him. His pants in the ring look decent to me. Well, so. I, I, you know I'm not a fan of either Corbin or JBL. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think either of them add anything the to the program. Or the people? I mean, JBL, you can look at it in the, in the books, one of the worst uh, drawing champions of all time. Basically buried SmackDown for as long as he was champion. And he also... I think when he beat Eddie Guerrero and there's a number of stories that Eddie wanted to drop the title and he wanted Eddie wanted to make JBL. I've heard all of that before, but it's undeniable that when Eddie lost to JBL and JBL became a long running champion, he drew very poorly and a lot of people dropped off the product and I don't blame them. He he was not my favorite. I, I don't know what to make of JBL because there's all these stories about him being the biggest asshole ever. In terms of being a bully in the locker room. Yeah, Dr. Silkfinger. But then there's all these stories about him being this guy who's surprised for, I guess, some of his platforms is very progressive. And then whenever I watch him in a documentary, look, we all know people can be one way on TV. People can be another. in real. But like Bradshaw Layfield to me has come across as like, I'm like, I like that guy. So I don't know what to think because I hear all the stories. And then I, I'm like, what I see doesn't match up with what I hear. And then I'll have a, as Vince would say, a precon- I'm preconditioned to be like, oh, this guy's a conservative jackass. And then I hear some of the people he stood up for. And I'm like, but he's not. Maybe people are just complex. I, I guess. I just, I, I see him as a guy who has a very, very good public face as far as he understands how to be likable. He understands, like, he knows how to turn on the charm. He knows how to get heat. Despite all of bradshaw's baggage he's not the worst thing about this segment the worst thing is is that you are killing a popular baby face already and you already have so baron corbin has now returned with a minor character tweak that now bradshaw has passed on the mantle of the wrestling god to baron corbin and so now baron corbin defeats johnny gargano so gargano has now lost to otis and corbin so big debut, super popular guy from NXT comes over and he's dead already. And also Corbin got a massive chant, but not the chant that you want any of your wrestlers to get. Corbin got the you can't wrestle chant from a crowd that looked absolutely dead the whole night and didn't chant for anything else. That crowd chanted you can't wrestle for a good two straight minutes and somebody backstage is sitting there with their arms folded going, hmm, listen to that heat. No, that's not the heat you want. When the crowd is telling a wrestler you can't wrestle, that's not heat on the wrestler. That's heat on the producers and the agents and everyone who is subjecting that crowd to that wrestler. If Baron Corbin was released tomorrow, and I, I, you know what, whatever, I, I, I think he's doing fine in life. He seems to be a very wealthy guy. He seems to have made his How money. You know I'm that? sure he could go. Because he's constantly flossing on his on his social media about his giant house and his big old pool. But at any rate, yeah, I think the Undertaker's doing great. I turned on the other night. He floated to the roof. He can fly. That guy's <laughs> Did fine. Did Baron Corbin borrow Shane McMahon's intro? Because all of that money flying around reminds me so much of Shane McMahon's old intro, where I'm just like, did they just repurpose this for Corbin? His well, name and- is Happy Corbin. Happy Corbin, Shane McMahon. No, he's no longer happy. He's Baron again. 
And backstage, oh, by the way. Oh, what happened. Did he lose it, the money to, to Happy? Does it matter? He's had every gimmick literally in the world. And before the match, Gargano actually pointed that out. And instead of treating Baron Corbin like the joke character that he should be, he should be losing three-minute squash matches every week if you want him on TV. Otherwise, release him and... Impact can't afford him and AEW doesn't want him. So he'll go buy a car dealership and be a, a multimillionaire off my television screen. Hey, can I tell but you anyway. a, true, a true story? Speaking of Baron Corbin. So I wrote for Baron. So I do have a personal sort of a personal axe there because it would be a one minute promo. And I'd be like, you know, I was kind of I, I was a little arrogant about it. I'd be like, this is it. And then Paul would be like, Reinman, do you know what it takes to get through a 40 second? Baron Corbin promo and get it approved. You're lucky. This is all you've got. <laughs> and sure enough, I would say two out of three times Vince did not. He was like, I got the same note back. The chairman enjoyed the writing. The performance did not deliver. <laughs> so then the third time around, Paul said, I'm going to add a third person to the, and we added referee John Cone. And he said, the reason I'm adding him, Mr. Reitman is he goes, we need to let me up. He's like, the chairman has decided Baron cannot do anything other than to let me up right now. John Cohn can deliver comedy. I need you to write me a John Cohn outline that gets me a laugh from this very important pick me up, let me up segment. And so I wrote that uh, Baron said uh, he thought in the King of the Ring, he thought he was going to get a bye. And uh, John Cohn just went, okay. And he waved at him and went, bye. And everyone popped. <laughs> and... And Vince killed it, but then Cohn still did it. And to this day, that's why I love John Cohn. Oh, my God. When so they, they release Baron Corbin, they should, they should release that it footage. It might have been just for the... They, they, the broadcast might have not shown the end where Cohn... It might have been just for the web, but there was an exchange at the end where Cohn came back and he did the bye thing. And I was like, yeah. I just I, remember I, like, just like that one little thing of like... That's why I love John Cohn. It's because it was just like... Just getting through that all day and the notes kept, that kept coming back were, can you, can you, and it was like, it would be like, make this, make this simpler. And I'd be like, uh, and then it'd be like, not that, not that the chairman doesn't like it. It's just, we're having trouble with it. And then it'd be like, can you make this shorter? Can you make this simpler? Then it was, then it was me going, maybe Cone should be in it again. And Paul going, agreed. And then going <laughs> to get junk. It was crazy. Just like, so that's my thing. And then my second thing with Corbin is, um, when, <laughs> This is very funny. When, we, when I went to WrestleMania with Jimmy Fallon, uh, Jimmy in front of Vince saw Baron Corbin and he went, oh, dude, this is when he was still Baron Corbin. The original like lives in the woods or he like sits at the, the Algonquin table or whatever, Baron Corbin. And he went, oh, dude, I love the look. It's amazing. And then that Monday night, they changed the look. <laughs> That's when he became Constable Corbin, like right after. <laughs> I, I think just, you you I both know Vince. I was like, I so wanted to look behind and be like, oh, I wonder how Vince reacted to that. Just curiously. And then I saw how Vince reacted to that. Yeah. So he, he looked <laughs> he looked pretty awful in that first gimmick. You both know he looked like the I, barbarian. And Jimmy was like, that's so cool. And I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, because he looks like an old school wrestler guy. And then the next night he's wearing dressed dressed like an Applebee's waiter, wearing a black shirt, black pants. He's Constable Corbin now. Well, and then you when Jimmy said, what's the, how's that guy doing? I was like, he's fine. <laughs> he's someone else no he's, he's doing great it's fine you both know that i will defend wrestlers that i don't even enjoy when they do good work here i don't want to be one of those guys one of those commentators like ah that wrestler sucks why does he suck because he sucks like i at yeah. least have an opinion baron corbin one of his biggest problems is that if you've seen three baron corbin match now you know what if you've seen two baron corbin matches you've seen everything that he can do and for some reason, and again, he is a special athlete. He's very tall. He's very strong. He's quick for a guy his size. Football the player. problem is he's a half a step behind, and he telegraphs everything that he's going to do in the ring. So if you've watched several Baron Corbin matches, you know exactly there's the, the deep six. Like, you know when the deep six is coming a minute before it happens. And here comes end of day. And you know what? A minute before it happens. So you can telegraph every single thing he does in the ring because he's just like he's like a quarterback that only throws to one guy. And eventually that like he's not even looking at anybody else on the field. He's just like, no, I'm going to throw it to that guy. And he gets picked off every single throw. 
Baron Corbin is just wildly unentertaining, doesn't sell merchandise, doesn't further anything, and consistently gets pushed as a top guy, beating wrestlers that he has no business beating and hurting everyone else. Not 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 in the technical sense, not injuring people because he seems like a safe worker, but he's hurting them by if you lose to Baron Corbin, it's going to take like three or four weeks of wins to get that back. And Johnny Gargano right now is if they're pushing him as a top baby face. Well, they've pushed him in the wrong direction. Oh, he oh, he did the honors. Oh, no, really? Yep. Well, what I'll say about Corbin is like, first of all, his his rags to riches, his riches to rags to riches thing. Say, hey, say what you want about it. I, I, I enjoyed that. I thought that was very well done. Best thing he's and, ever done. Absolutely. Oh, one well, of the best things in a while. I thought it was a great long term story. And um, I, I enjoyed the happy Corbin character, too. I thought that like when we heard that got patented or trademarked, I was like, oh, God, what is this? And then I saw it. and I was like, oh, cool. So is that thing again where it was like, all right, well, you never know. Um, the way you described him to me, though, and we talked about this earlier, he would have been great in a tag team. I feel like he's a guy that he had another guy that had a, like a slightly similar but could do a little bit quicker. Corbin could have been great. And that's why I come back to what Julie was kind of bringing up as a possibility. And now I don't know that we're going to go down this road because it sounds like it's a multiple personality thing. But I would have liked seeing what Bray Wyatt could have done if bear if he take could he take the quote most unlikable guy given that rub because tom you remember i mean we're going to leave real life actions and tweets and instagrams and politics out of this but glenn jacobs uh long before he was kane and barely gotten on airplanes and stuff like that i mean he went through just a cabinet full of oh my god what is this gimmick he was Unabom. He was the Christmas creature. He was Isaac Yankum, the dentist. He was the fake Diesel. I mean, just a whole, basically the same thing, but it was a matter of getting with that right program and the right superstar and the right character. And I would have been interested to see, okay, Baron Corbin is this guy under hot lights. Hey, talking to the crowd's not working. What happens if you just make him a psychopath with one of the top stars? I don't know if we're going to get to see that now. I The thing is, I don't think that Glenn Jacobs Kane was as athletic as Baron Corbin. No, but he, he was wasn't. a better worker. He was a better mm. worker. He just, there was a certain drama that he added to his matches where he, he could get that uppercut out in time. And he, he was, he was just better. Baron Corbin. Again, it's, it comes down to that. When you watch him in the ring, you know exactly what he's going to do 30 or 40 seconds before he does it. And it's, it's wildly uninteresting. Is Baron Corbin Kind of like a theory guy. Like, was Vince super invested yes. in him? Yes. And yes, you did okay. not dare because, like I said, um, I thought it was, quote, my idea, but then a lot of other people had parallel thinking because it's Napoleon complex. I thought Chad Gable would have been a great king of the ring. And then you turn, then he, you turn him heel and he's a short king. And it's like a very viable thing. And, but I was, I guess one of the, because it was for, one of the, I think my first day there in like first day in the office. Cause I'd done a couple of remote things and then it was early August and Paul and Ed Kosky let me sit in while they sold out their King of the ring bracket. And I just mentioned that. I said, what about, and they looked, they gave each other a look like that's a great idea. Too bad. We can't fucking do it basically. And then Ed just said, Corbin's going over. There's nothing we can do. Vince was determined to make that work. And it's like uh, our friend Amanda said, uh, Amanda Stonehall, that Vince, someone had slipped him the data that the ladies like Corbin. The problem was, I don't think they wanted him to dress like the Burger King. But nonetheless, anyway, speaking of potentially evil characters, (sighs) Dexter Loomis and The Miz. Are we down on this now? Is that where we are this week? I just, I don't know. I, unless it's something like. Unless, What's your guess, basically? Uh, okay, where, what city were they in again? Do we remember? Good question. No. Hmm. I mean. It was our truths hometown, I thought. Did I see that? It was. It was, it was nor- North Carolina. I'll say this right now. I honestly don't know anymore. But I just know that um, I asked today, was it good or bad? And I got the same response from both of you. 
So now I want to hear what happened. All right. Well, we don't know what costume Dexter Loomis was wearing because he wasn't on the show. Not on the show. They still ran some some Dexter Loomis Miz angle because Miz was on the show. No Dexter Loomis. So, yep. Way to run a hot angle. So are we saying Gargano is teaming up with Loomis? Is that the... the So I, I actually started to think about this. The only interesting direction that this could go in, because I, Raw right now, last week the uh, Road Dog helmed Raw, I think was one of the worst ones I've ever watched. Last week's Raw was pitiful. Why? Just because kept trying to book Paige, even though she's not with the company anymore? Yeah. She's got a great jawline. Um, yeah. That Raw was a I've never heard anyone say that about another human in any respect, by the way. I don't even know what that yeah. means. Like, I this wouldn't know Raw, how to take that. Last night's Raw was a quarter step better. Last night's Raw was particularly bad. It was just... How was the crowd? Not great. So I, I mentioned that they, they chanted, you can't wrestle. Oh, that's Corbin. frustration, though. That's, that's not a good... That's the only chant they had all night. There so was there was no, no Dexter Loomis hiding in the recycling bin or popping no, out of the mailbox or nothing. living with Oscar the Grouch. Nothing? No. So... The, wow. Julie, Julie was on to something a minute ago. So Julie, you mentioned... Thing. You mentioned uh, the there's a potential connection maybe between oh. Loomis, Loomis and Gargano. The only way they can save Monday Night Raw right now, because Monday Night Raw oh is on a terrible I'm streak. Raw is a terrible, it's, it's a terrible show. It's the worst of the wrestling Tom, shows on TV on. right now. It's, no, it is not Raw worse is the than worst Impact. of the big four. It is. It's, it's unquestionably the worst. What? It's too long. Tom. The segments are horrible every week. It has been yeah. on a terrible run. Here's, here's how you could potentially save things. If this Gargano Loomis tease is real, if, and uh, so they also mentioned that the reason that Ciampa has not been around is that he's injured. Yeah. If there's some kind of Ciampa okay. Loomis Gargano NXT alliance forming that is going to try to take over oh, Monday Night Raw. Survivor that Series would, is coming up. That would that would be interesting. If it's go. not that, I don't know what to tell you. Last but then what do we do? It, the Miz, the Miz Loomis stuff yeah. just never happened. Is there enough of a hook here? I don't understand then Loomis's fascination with Miz. I don't think they're going to do this, but this is how I would do it if I if I had a job there, which I don't. Um by the way, I Miz? just want to put over Tommy Rico because I know we have some people that listen in Stanford, and I know that one's a certain way for you. However, Stanford's not New York, by the way. No, it's no. not. Take that. That could be taken a different way nowadays. But at the same time, uh, some people down in Florida who, who like to listen. And I will just say that Tommy Rico is as big and as knowledgeable an AEW fan as I know. And if there were anyone I were to pick to be Tony Khan's Bruce Pritchard, it would be the one and only Tommy Rico. I'm just I'm putting so, that out I'm there. I'm so happy they're coming to Los Angeles. They're coming to Los Are you Angeles going? in January. Absolutely. Uh, and if anyone's my- listening from AEW, you need to look up Tommy Rico on Twitter because yeah. you got to bring him in because, man, he could do some stuff for you. I'm going to pay for some tickets so that I can support the organization, but I am also going to look into some media credentials. So we shall see. Oh, but there you go. Rate, so we were talking about um, why Miz. Yeah. The re- so Miz, if Why you were to, if you were to connect him to these pissed off NXT guys, it's that Miz has had a chance for a long time coming out of reality television. He's always viewed as like the safe worker. His work rate's not great. Blah blah blah. He's kind of the anti uh, work rate wrestler. So the NXT guys have all been there for a while. They're all in their mid to late thirties. And they were in NXT putting on good matches with good work rate. And to me, Miz represents everything that they were fighting against. What's Julie laughing at? Sorry, I'm laughing because I'm just picturing uh, Loomis kidnapping the Miz every weekend and just telling him (laughs) that to his face. You've had this chance for so long. And then just letting him go. And then every week I told you. But Julie, yeah. you've identified another another problem with the storyline is that Dexter Loomis it. doesn't speak. Dexter Loomis does not talk. He eats cake though, and he gets he big eats, cake he, pops. Hashtag yep. cake pop. 
and he hangs out with Gritty, but he doesn't talk. And that's that's going to be a problem going forward. So if that's they had wrapped I, it with that, I would have been happy with it. If they had wrapped it with Gritty, if it had been like, I thought that was going to be the end. I thought that was like Triple H's way. That was a very, Tom knows what I'm talking about. Because I'm from New Hampshire. Triple H is from New Hampshire. I'd say probably one of our top five or so, like, celebrities. I'd say, like, from New Hampshire. By the, I mean, he's running WWE, of course. Uh, that's a very New Hampshire guy way to end a story. I mean, you see Sandler do it in his jokes all the time. When you realize it's not going anywhere and you just make that left turn swerve, I could see the like, in the room and then he uh, walks off into the sunset with Gritty. Like, I would have been, like, cool with the end of that story. I would have been like, that's a way a New Hampshire guy says, this sucks. How do we get out of this? But then they kept going. And I was like, ugh. Like, oh, you just found your way out. And now I'm like, like, I was like, Loomis could do, like, that could be a funny character as a guy. He could be their orange. Is he their orange Cassidy? Possibly. I mean, it's going to be tough for him to be orange Cassidy because even though Cassidy You're is considering not, it, Julie, did you see this? I got well, time to consider they're it. two extremely different wrestlers. But I got the, again, a, dude, this is be the best problem. I felt if, since if I got a De- Dexter Loomis is not verbal. And that is good. So, and we've been talking about him and potential factions. It's pretty clear that Bray Wyatt is only a SmackDown guy. So now I'm leaning towards, you know what? Maybe Loomis is not in the Wyatt six, but maybe he's in something else. And that's why this NXT idea is kind of brewing because I think that he was kind of a red herring as far as I don't think he's one of the puppets and he's clearly not on SmackDown. He's clearly a raw guy. So, eh. And remember, too, as Julie and I know, maybe not as well as some people who were there longer, as we always say, but I mean, things change. I mean, any TV show you work at, there's always some kind of long term plan that doesn't quite go. So I don't know. Maybe he was in the mix for a bunch of different things, but it just seemed like they had him in a holding pattern for a while. And he wasn't on last night. Though, because it was an interesting debut. And. If he was connected to Bray Wyatt. There's a segue then, Julie, because okay. I, w- I was going to ask you guys if this was a good or bad episode. I think Tom took care of that about three stops ago. So if you want to watch Monday Night Raw, which I don't think is the worst wrestling show, but we all have different opinions. Uh, it's Mondays at eight on USA. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now it's time for a new segment we call Everybody Loves Braymond. I don't feel great about the Bray thing right now. It was very odd. It was a very not like him promo backstage with no mystique. And I get they're trying to do that. But like, I want the mystique. Remember when Kiss got rid of the makeup and they were like, this is who we are, right? And everyone was like, yeah, uh, we're put on the makeup or else we're not coming to see you. That's kind of <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about Bray, where it's like, I'm going to no, I'm going to be wrong. I'm like, no, I want the puppets and the spookiness. I want some crazy shit to go on. And it was just like him doing like it felt like this. Look, I'm going to say this. I've said this before. Amazing performer. Very gripping in a room. It's just awesome to see him just a couple times work. But the way that came across on TV felt like just a like it felt like a mo- like putting yourself on tape doing a monologue to get a part and doing a really good job of it but it didn't seem like Bray Wyatt it didn't seem like a Bray Wyatt promo and then like you said Tom when the music kicked up too loud and I couldn't hear him try he was one of his go home lines and I was like what did he say and I had to like like an old man go back and replay it with the closed captioning which, of course, because it's Bray Wyatt, then you're like, why would I even bother? <laughs> I'm just like, that's yeah, a bunch of it's a word search. Fuck it. You know, like, I didn't need to do this. He said something spooky. And well, Julie, I, I, I will, just I will tell you, I, I think that I SmackDown worried. is the far superior show to Raw right now. I mean, partially, that's the talent that's there. And it's two now hours versus three hours. It's I two hours versus again. three hours. And now you have like like L.A. Night, I think, is going to be a big deal there. Um, it's it, you have Sammy and the Usos and Roman. It's it. I think but it's they're just on the, every clearly, show. 
Well, it's the clearly better show. The problem is that Bray segment was not strong. The And by the way, that was not the only backstage segment that they did the music on. Because Legado del Fantasma, which is a brand new group that you're trying to push, they did the same thing to them. They played their song underneath their words and everything was obscured. Terrible production. I don't know if well, anyone on. noticed that when it aired. In their uh, defense, it, I want to say, Tom, I, I get what you're saying you're coming from, but just to be, you know, diplomatic here, it's, I don't know if it's terrible production. Okay, they Paul did, Heyman. <laughs> oh, that's who I am now. I'm not Paul Heyman. Well, well he'll, that's how we get him on the show. Start that rumor that he and I are the same guy. Uh, but no, I, that was their production style in the late 90s. They did a lot of promos backstage where they play the, the raw music, but that was then. That's not the world we live in now. It's not always Nine Inch Nails and Corn playing in the background while you yell something. I think it's, it's like, a mistaken, like it's a, it, I think they see it as a branding opportunity where they're like, oh, let's sell Bray's new song or, let, you know, let's, let's brand Legado del Fantasma with their music. Who didn't buy it the music, first time they heard you it? You can't hear the performer. And if, if you can't hear ever. the performer talk, then th- th- why do the promo at all? Just play their music. I miss, um, I'm just going to say it. I think I thought I hoped he was coming back. And I, 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 I look, he, Wyndham Rotunda is doing things the way he wants to do it. And Julie, to answer your question about like, I wonder if they're getting it. He's, I bet he's doing this all. I bet you that was part of the deal was that he got like creative control and will walk otherwise. So there, we have to trust him, but I'll be honest. I really wanted that first on Monday night. I wanted that, you know, do, 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 do. we're really glad that you're our and just get that feeling again and then see him show up as the fiend and get DX like I was like I just give me that again like I want that I love that and this new weird I'm a troubled soul first of all it, who isn't that's what I was gonna say is that I don't know who isn't feeling that and that doesn't seem like Wyndham Rotunda like his public or private persona seems very sensitive to people's needs and that's why this maybe he's trying to get that across. But I'm like, I don't know, man, like to it's to kind of it just feels like a I don't want to say a bad heat or a cheap pop, but it just feels like too much of real life bleeding into a character that we're trying to watch as an escape. And so when you're like, I'm a guy and I've been through a lot over the last year and these are all my crazy voices. It just reminds a lot. Of, I would say it reminds 80 percent of the audience of what they're going through. Well, I, I wasn't like as down on the segment, John. I, I, I liked the promo. I'm still like, I'm still medium high on my expectations as far as where this is all going to go. Was it super strong? No. Uh, did it further the, the storyline? Not really. But was it bad? No, it's not. A, it wasn't when a bad When has Bray promo. ever not been super strong? That's my point. Yeah. I understand you can't be perfect, but They're like, when has he not been amazing? They're who, do you think Al- who do you think Uncle Howdy is? I think it's just Bray. Yeah, Under a funny mask. Like, I liked the idea that the puppets might be different personalities because then I, th- I'm sorry I'm making this, this, uh, this association, but it reminded me a little bit of the masked singer where I was like, you get to reveal who's in the mask. And I could just see this really fun, like Bray Wyatt funhouse segment. What if the lights, if, if the lights went down on someone in the ring and you did that masked singer reveal in the funhouse? And they turned around and they took off the mask and then the lights came up and they're in the ring and they just viciously attack like the original. That would have been fucking amazing. And I wish you were there to pitch that because that would have been fun. But again, it's Wyndham Rotunda. It's up to him. Well, and also, you know too, what? Wyndham, have Rotunda, we decided- Wyndham Rotunda, whether we like what he's doing so far, he's a thousand percent earned that right to do it. So even if we don't love it and I'll say I don't love it. This guy is a guy that it's like, OK, you got to trust him. It's a movie by a director. It's getting off to a slow start, but they've never made a bad movie. So is have we decided that the puppets aren't it's not a stable? Are these puppets just in he has, Wyndham's head? They haven't done much with the puppets for a minute. They haven't brought them seems. back, right? Because yeah. I know we didn't talk about it, but one the one thing about Raw that I was really excited about was Nikki Cross came back. Yes. And I, I'm a huge fan of Nikki Cross. It was a little weird. It's like she beat up Bailey and then she left and then she came back and she beat up Bianca. Oh, she made or? multiple run-ins? She made multiple. Yeah. Oh, dude, well, I, I love when that happens. I got to well, go she Also, dude. John, she closed that's, that's the show. Fun. She did the, close the show. The, was the it Nikki a strong Cross close? turn 
closed Monday Night Raw. Was it that strong? was the last thing. Yeah, was I thought good? so. I loved it. I, okay, I personally loved thing, it. I didn't want to blow up, but I read a lot of BS about that. I read a lot of people saying that that was no good, but you guys are telling me Really? No, no, I really liked it. I See, really, I love, I love she that, did a top turnbuckle dive onto all the other women in the match. It, it was, was bananas. And that was I before was you could great. see who it was. She did the dive and her face was obscured enough where you didn't know who it was for a second. And then she gets up and whips her hair back and it's Nikki Cross. That oh, was good production value. It was, it was good production value. So you didn't know I who she know, was the commentary, the end? The commentary fumbled that for me, though. They're fumbling everything, though. Right? Yeah, they they were there. particularly bad last night. It was like, it was like this reveal, and then they were fighting about whether it was Nikki or not. And I was like, "Oh, you're taking it away! Like, let me have this moment." But also, nothing against Nikki Cross, but like Nikki Cross is a very distinct way. Like, you're not going to be like, "Oh no, is that Braun Strowman?" Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so like Nikki Cross, yeah, it's like, but I don't know. I I love I'm so glad run-ins. she's back. Tom, do you remember when Kane used to do that? But every time he did that, the lights went down and then the organ music teased and then he had yep. to do his intro every fucking time. Yes. To come out. Was it better <laughs> than that? That's where my dad got. Here comes Kane or that's got to be Kane was because was from Jr. repeatedly saying it one night. And then my dad finally just went, this is all so stupid and get up and went to bed. And now it was I just definitely didn't look at him because he that. was right. Like I was like. By out by the fourth time Kane's pyro went off, I was like, you know what? Ah, whatever. Yeah. The reason why I'm so excited about Nikki Cross, we were talking about Bray Wyatt being mainly on SmackDown. Why I like the idea of him having a faction or a stable is some of those people can be on Raw. And so this element of Bray and Wyndham or whatever this character is can at least bleed over into Raw. You don't necessarily need him. You can sure. have his faction or his stable have that same energy there. And Nikki Cross can do that. I am pitching oh, that Nikki Cross be there. I remember too that, remember, so his last gimmick, when he was the Fiend, whatever wrestler he beat, that wrestler would revert to their old gimmick. So that might be some kind of a little callback to that. Possibly. Uh, it would be, it would, that would be interesting. But that's yeah, a fun superpower. That's right, that's right yeah. because of, Alexa beat Nikki Cross, right? Yep. And actually, you know, the Fiend's best match was with Brian Danielson, with with Daniel Bryan back then. And so he reverted. Daniel Bryan for years had had the shaggy hair and the long beard. And he went back to the American Dragon, like close crew cut, and he cut his beard. That was super interesting. Um, Before we shut down SmackDown, um, there was a great video promo for LA Knight, who I think will be a big deal. I know Triple H is a fan of his. Uh, he was unfortunately dubbed uh, Max Dupree for a few weeks. And I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to call back to that in the AEW. A segment. few weeks. Yeah, that was, went on for months. It, yeah, it felt like it did, but it was actually not that long. It just felt much longer. But L.A. Knight, great on the mic, looks like a billion bucks. And he is a good enough worker where I think he's going to be a big star on SmackDown and a great video package showing some recap stuff from NXT and uh, selling who L.A. Knight is to a crowd that may not know who he is. Friday Night Smackdown airs at 8. Fridays on Fox. And now it's time for AEW and Sometimes Why. AEW and Sometimes Why. Well, I talked about it earlier. CM Punk. I mean, I know that's a really shitty intro, but it's a really even worse outro for CM Punk because a year ago, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen on TV. And I'm just really sad. That didn't work out. It's really my raw only reaction to that. I feel like I should be really bummed. And for some reason, I'm just not. I, I, you know, CM Punk, I don't think I've mentioned this on the show, but I've been sober for a dozen years now. And it was something that during my comedy career, uh, I had social anxiety and I would drink way too much. And then I was out at nightclubs and bars doing stand-up comedy five nights a week and drinking to excess way too much. And when I needed to turn the tide, when I needed to stop what I was doing, there was this cool guy on WWE TV with the Straight Edge Society. And here was this guy that I liked his work in the ring and he was great on the mic and he was saying things I agreed with. And oh, he doesn't drink or do drugs. And it was just one of those things that I was peripherally aware of straight edge culture. And I'm somebody that like traditional rehab, traditional like 12 step wasn't going to work for me. 
just the way I am and, and, and uh, the code that I live by, it would have been better for me to do what I did, which was to just stop. And he was a guy that I just looked at as like, he's super cool and he's doing it. I could do it too. And so I really adore CM Punk. He's a guy that I've, I've enjoyed as long as I've watched him on WWE and then AEW television. But I kind of just see this as it was going to happen. It, like CM Punk was going to eventually run his course wherever he was. He's just, he does not work well with others. And I, I hate to say it because I would love to watch another five or six years of the guy's career, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's possible. And I don't, it, it's just how he is. I don't think he's going to WWE. I'd be stunned if he went to WWE because it would go against all his principles, which I do believe he has. Uh, but I'm, I just kind of saw this as an inevitability and I'm, I'm looking forward to them turning the page on whatever's going to happen, which by the way, we don't know. Neither, neither Tony Khan nor CM Punk have said anything publicly. There has been no, no legal paperwork, no uh, press release, nothing. So as far as we know, nothing has changed. But if the reports are true and that they're trying to buy out CM Punk and the, the last thing in the way is a, a no-compete clause, if that's the last thing in the way, then I'm looking forward to it not being in the way and everyone going on with their lives. I just, you know... I'm with, I'm with John. I'm super bummed. I'm just sad. And it's just like, I loved his comeback even more than Bray's because, I mean, I always felt like Bray would definitely come back. It was only... Just, I mean, I don't want to say only because everyone's life is a year is long for anyone in their own life. But, you know, it's just over a year. And I think everyone kind of sensed somehow he'd find his way back. CM Punk was like this mythical guy that even though I'd seen him multiple times in person in WWE, you know, he still felt like this mythical guy. It was like, oh, my, you know, imagine if he ever came back. And but I think part of that myth, John, I think part of the myth was the fact that he was gone that he wasn't on our TV. It was, it was like by attrition, his myth built. And but also Tommy, not only was he gone and the myth built, he came back and he was just as good right. as when he was at WWE. It I, w- was, I would say that he lost a step, which was sad to watch because I still think, think so. That, yeah. Yeah. His athleticism Wrestling wasn't or, nearly the same. I'm, his mic work got better in my opinion. I think his mic work got better because there was far fewer restrictions. And mm-hmm. I think, I think he had way more creative control, but as far as his ring work, his ring work was definitely back a step. And he took two tremendous beatings in MMA matches. And I, I, I don't know why people discount that. Like when you get punched in the head, as hard as someone can punch you in the head repeatedly, as much as CM Punk did in those two matches, I don't know that you can come back from that. Like that was pretty severe. Mm. And I thought that I don't think his work was bad. And I thought the comeback was brilliant and amazing. But as far as like, was he the CM Punk that left WWE seven years ago? No, no, he wasn't. Huh? I mean, I'm a huge fan of the guy. And as far as like, as far as my personal ethos and who I am as a person, I'm probably closer to CM Punk than any other wrestler. But I also recognize that I have hurt myself. Because I'm probably more like CM Punk than other wrestlers. I am somebody that I live by a code and I have kind of unflinching principles. And the one where Punk lost me was you and I have both appreciated the work of Adam Page in the aftermath of the CM Punk, you know, scrum at the scrum. I I just don't know how he allowed it to get that bad where that was the that was the way to handle it was during that press conference like first of all i think all three of us have agreed that press conference shouldn't have happened at all it no, was there's no reason mistake. to go yeah. back i'm sorry but i've never seen saturday night live have a post-show press conference and I would, julie and i have, <laughs> having worked there that's for the best yeah. that falls let, under let un- unforced for error by tony Khan and let sure. everyone not saturday night live but just 30 rock let things go for half an hour then you regroup and yeah, you yeah. don't come out and talk to the press. That after. presser was, that was Tony Khan's, I think that, that might have been Tony Khan's biggest mistake as the owner of AEW. And you know it what, Tony's just trying to give access to everybody and put, and, and get his, and he's doing what he can to spread his brand, but man, that's just not a good idea. Yep, it's also just I not agree. good for wrestling. Like, it's just not, even, even 
even mainstream quote unquote mainstream because i mean wrestling is doing better than a lot of quote mainstream sports but you know in the nba they don't even always do the whole press conference thing anymore they get them at practice like the day after and that's when you get better quotes guys take off right away nowadays unless it's like the finals or something on the lighter side i want to mention not lighter for him because we've all been there but we talk about dan Housen quite a bit and we didn't get to this before uh did you did you catch Dan Housen's? He had a, we've all been there, the airline freakout on Twitter because they confiscated his hair product. Did you see that? I didn't I did. see this. You it did was it? Very, it no. was very funny. <laughs> you did not want to go back to Canada. Yeah, he was angry because they took his, uh, his special hairspray that, that helps him become Dan Housen. Man, and, he and, uh, has heat at the Montreal airport. There is something between air, airports in Canada and Dan Housen going really? on. I don't know. Oh, it's been going on for weeks. Seriously? I don't know what, yeah, he's been complaining about airline travel from Canada to the States for a while now. So oh, this man. is like they the culmination that of that. I would love to see him just start to do some Dan Housen stand-up. <laughs> like some old Seinfeld. Why don't they make the, why don't they make the whole plane out of the box, Housen? Maybe this is the blow-off to the feud, is the, the, the TSA one. Um, I will say I saw Dan Housen on Rampage. Uh, I want to bring this up because this is, we were talking about LA Knight a minute ago. LA Knight for weeks and weeks and weeks languished under that Max Dupree character. And then they kept teasing. He's going to turn to LA Knight, teasing a completely unnecessary tease, a waste of weeks of television time where you could just go, you know, on, in one week, he's just going to go, yeah, that was a, a gimmick I don't do anymore. I'm really LA Knight. They could have ended it and instead they dragged it out. One thing that AEW is really good at is that they pivot really quickly when they need to. So there was a match scheduled between Roosh, who is now signed by AEW, and I think a good signing, very, very strong hand in the ring, uh, and Ten, who is Preston Vance of the Dark Order. Uh, Preston Vance had a lot of promise a couple years ago. Big, jacked-up, muscular guy in a mask, looked scary, and he is moving like a big, muscular guy. I don't know what, but it seems like he's lost a step. So they were going to have this blow-off feud between Roosh and Preston Vance, and it was going to be a really bad match. How do you fix a, good ma- a bad match to make it a good match? You throw in Orange Cassidy. And they had a great backstage promo where it was Preston Vance, 10, and Roosh kind of jawjacking back and forth at a bar. And then behind the bar is Orange Cassidy, who brandishes his All-Atlantic Championship, and then oh, that was says funny. he'll... He'll fight them both for it and then asks Tony Khan if they'll book the, book the match. And then at the end of the bar, off camera, is Tony Khan. Then the camera pans over and he says, yeah, let's book it. And yeah. they booked it for Rampage and it was a super fun match. And that was the type of thing like they could have just stubbornly put that match on and stunk out the joint. And instead, you throw Orange Cassidy and you have a great match and you get Orange Cassidy defending his championship with Dan Housen by his side. And uh, which, by the way, so the best friends and Dan Housen came out to uh, to the that they come out of the baby face entrance. There's a baby face and a heel tunnel for AEW. And he only brought Dan Housen with him. The best friends went out back. So Dan Housen seems to be Orange Cassidy's uh, permanent manager, which I love and am highly recommended of. And by the way, I wanted to bring this up. We talk about comedy a lot on this show because uh, the three of us have a comedy background and John and I are definitely <laughs> the comedy historian side of it. I figured out in comedy who Orange Cassidy is. Orange Cassidy is Steve Martin. What? And this is why. This is why. Steve Martin did what some people would call anti-comedy in his stand-up. Or I would call it a parody of stand-up. But he was kind of the first stand-up to make fun of stand-up in a broad and silly way. But the thing about Steve Martin is that if Steve Martin wasn't a great stand-up, could he make fun of stand-up effectively? No. If Steve Martin did silly magic tricks that didn't work, well, no. Steve Martin was a professional magician since he was a kid. So he could do these silly magic tricks. And yes, they were silly, but they also worked. Orange Cassidy is a great wrestler wrestling as a comedy gimmick, and he's kind of doing an anti-wrestling thing, but he's so great at wrestling that he makes it work. So in the comedy world, I think that 
That is Steve Martin is Orange Cassidy. If you want to check out AEW, it is Wednesday evenings, AEW, Dynamite, Wednesday on TBS. And then you got Rampage, Fridays at 10, right, Tom? They're back to their normal time. They're generally there. Uh, again, Dynamite, always check your listings because of basketball. And that's our episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please leave us a nice review. Hey, let the writers dress like writers. Give them some sneakers. Maybe get them over to that next Bray Wyatt promo. And hey, make sure you remember to tick our talk. We're at Turnbuckles Pod. We're also on Instagram at Turnbuckles Pod. We're on Twitter at Turnbuckles Pod for as long as that thing lasts. And then we have our own YouTube channel. So go become one of our followers. Well, excuse me. See ya, Buckleheads. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.